Welcome to The Gaggle, an AZ Central podcast where we chat with reporters, experts, and special guests to keep you fully informed on the state's political news. I'm your host, Yvonne Winget Sanchez. I cover national politics for the Arizona Republic. And I'm Ron Hansen, also a national political reporter. In today's episode, we're talking about the health effects of vaping. As of this taping, six people in the United States have died from lung disease related to vaping. At the same time, hundreds of people have been stricken with lung illnesses related to vaping. The deaths and illnesses raise serious questions about the safety and the lack of regulation of e-cigarettes. Right now, the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the Food and Drug Administration, and various state health departments around the nation are investigating the deaths. We'll break down the vaping trend, the lack of regulation, and what you need to know to stay safe and keep your family safe. Yvonne, give us some background about why this issue has become such a hot topic in recent months. E-cigarettes have been around for nearly a decade, and we've all seen people vaping. We've kind of smelled the candy-flavored scent from these e-cigarettes. But now officials are saying that there are 380 confirmed cases of lung disease related to vaping, and that's in 36 states. There also are at least six deaths that are linked to vaping. And on top of that, there's been an increase in teen vaping, and it's reached such high levels that it's been declared an epidemic by some. And have there been any confirmed cases of illnesses or deaths related to vaping in Arizona? Yes, the Department of Health Services for the state confirmed this week that there have been three cases of vaping-related respiratory illnesses, and all of those cases were in Maricopa County. All three cases involved hospitalizations, and the people have since been released from the hospital. We haven't had any deaths reported in this state, though. Right. So President Trump has already taken some action on this. Last week, he said he will seek the ban of the sale of flavored vaping products in an effort to get young people to give up the potential dangers of e-cigarettes. And Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar said the FDA will soon issue guidance on how to take flavored vaping products off the market. Let's dive in. Here to talk about that with us are reporter Stephanie Innes, who covers healthcare, and Ryan Randazzo, who covers the state legislature and marijuana. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. So, Stephanie, we've all, like I said, seen folks vaping, but what exactly is it? Uh, So vaping is using an electronic cigarette. Um, They're battery-powered, smokeless devices. Some people say odorless, but, you know, I know you can smell some of the liquid, but it's not like you have, uh, you know, tobacco breath like cigarettes. Like when you're using cigarettes, those people smell, you can smell it. And this is different. And they look different depending on the brand, but some are really small. They look like a USB flash drive. There are some that look like pens. They're easy to put in your jacket pocket or your backpack. And they heat a liquid that typically or often contains nicotine. Um, the the e-cigarette converts the liquid into a mist and then... Um, you inhale it. And the exhale results in puffs of vape 
that uh, school officials say are prevalent in bathrooms at the schools. In fact, I talked to a teen who described to me walking into uh, a cloud of vape when he went into the bathroom. Um, and this practice of using an e-cigarette is sometimes called vaping or juuling. And Juul is the fastest growing and top selling e-cigarette brand in the U.S. There's also uh, marijuana use that can be called vaping. Um, there's actually quite a few ways to use marijuana these days, um, especially in states that have a medical market or a recreational market. Um, but uh, Sort of leaving some of those aside, what seems to be making people sick with this epidemic are the vapes that are an oil concentrate that resemble uh, what Stephanie was talking about with the nicotine vapes. So it's a liquid that is heated by a battery in a pen or USB type device. You can buy these cartridges for a vape pen at in Arizona at marijuana medical marijuana dispensaries. And in some cases, people at home will mix um, like a marijuana concentrate with their nicotine e-vape juice and sort of make a homebrew. Um, and it's kind of scary because they don't seem to know what combination of those is, is making people sick. But certainly some of the folks, uh, some of these hundreds of people across the country have been using marijuana vape uh, devices. Okay, so Stephanie, you alluded to schools um, uh, as one site where this is uh, seen with some regularity, but who all is vaping? A lot of people are vaping, but it's mostly young people. Uh, a recent study by the University of Michigan found a really startling number um, that one in five high school seniors reported vaping nicotine, not just vaping, but vaping nicotine within the last month. And those increases in adolescent vaping between 2017 and 2018 were the largest ever recorded in the past 43 years for any adolescent substance use outcome in the U.S. And that's pretty startling. Um, more kids vape than smoke. And the number of tobacco cigarettes sold in the U.S. fell 3.5% in 2017, but sales of e-cigarettes are growing. So the um, like middle-aged and older folks who are vaping, um, and this is going to be, you know, a defense that the vaping industry uses is that they use it as a as a way to quit traditional smoking and sort of get off tobacco. Is that they move to uh, vape de devices, and you know, just anecdotally, when I walk around downtown Phoenix or when I go to a concert around town, I see a lot more people using these e-cigarettes than regular traditional cigarettes like you used to see more commonly. And it is especially with kids. So uh, State Senator Heather Carter, who has been a, a champion for trying to get more state regulation on vaping, she had an event earlier this year to talk about more vaping legislation. And representatives from school districts were there and they uniformly said this is a problem among kids in their schools. There was a story I came across when I was researching this episode. Um, this one was from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. And it was talking about how a 20-year-old athlete was told that he had essentially the, the lungs of a 70-year-old. He was extremely, extremely sick. And that is how quickly this illness tied to vaping affected him. So it seems pretty scary. Do we have a sense of what the known potential health effects are of vaping? 
Well, there are no long-term safety data on e-cigarettes, though there are studies that suggest they have numerous potential harms, including exposing the lungs to dangerous toxins. But there's a lot of unknowns, and that's why this subject is very hotly debated on social media, on Twitter. People are saying, don't attack my vapes, don't take my vapes away. They're not... um, you know, they're not harmful and there's no there's no real evidence that they are. So vaping companies, as Ryan said, tell you this is a healthier alternative to smoking. There's no proof, although cigarettes are the number one cause of preventable death in the U.S. So e-cigarettes are likely less deadly. They don't produce the tar or toxic gases found in cigarette smoke. And we also know that smoking increases the risk of stroke, heart attack, and Uh, things like cancer, COPD, and asthma, but we just don't have any long-term data on e-cigarettes. Why are we just now starting to see these headlines about the potential health effects of vaping and the deaths and the illnesses that are happening? Well, really, because e-cigarettes have not been around that long. So studies have only recently begun in tracking patients. And this whole um, news about the illnesses started with state health department investigations in Illinois and Wisconsin, where officials were tracking um, patients with these lung illnesses, most of them young men. And people are noticing this now because um, health providers are also asking questions about vaping and reporting the illness. It wasn't always protocol to ask somebody about their vaping history. They might ask you if you'd smoked, but not if you'd vaped. So there wasn't tracking going on. And there is no surveillance in Arizona where you don't have to report a vaping illness the way you have to report, say, hepatitis or mumps. Um, And if someone died of respiratory failure in the hospital years ago, You know, it's possible maybe it was related to vaping, but nobody asked the questions. Nobody was tracking it. Um, But the CDC just recently developed a definition of lung illness related to vaping. And so I find that interesting that maybe this isn't something that's really sudden. Maybe this has been going on for a while, but the CDC uh, just didn't have a definition and, and a way to track it. And then as it relates to marijuana, because you can't do federal studies on it, because it's illegal at the federal level, there's even less data on vaping those kind of products compared with the nicotine products that are more prevalent. Okay, so let's talk about this a little bit more, though. Why wasn't this being studied? Is the vaping industry regulated like the tobacco industry, for example? Um, yeah, I think the the issue here is that this is all new and that it wasn't until 2016 that the FDA changed its rules where it would start regulating all tobacco products to include e-cigarettes. And then last year, FDA Commissioner Scott, Dr. Scott Gottlieb called e-cigarettes an epidemic among youths and the issue began to get more attention and there was more calls to uh, start regulating. But research has only recently ramped up. Um, the Public Law Health Law Center last year published a report called Jewel and the Guinea Pig Generation. And it talked about inadequate standards in manufacturing of e-cigarettes, including the fact that actual nicotine concentrations in Juul and other e-liquids can vary from advertised amounts. And sometimes they're significantly exceeding the advertised concentrations. So 
states are responding differently uh, on this issue. What state is doing an aggressive job of trying to regulate this kind of newfound industry? And, and how does Arizona compare? Well, the New York Health Department seems to be ahead of everybody else, maybe just being a factor that they're a large state, a big population, and have seen more illness. Um, But uh, they seem to have been much more proactive in trying to figure out what exactly is going on. In that state, uh, they've suggested that it could be black market dealers who are making marijuana vape liquid and cutting it with a vitamin E agent. And so that would just be something to like dilute the marijuana oil that they're selling to people to burn or, or vaporize in their, in their pens. Um, and doctors recognized that, but it was strange to see it in young people. And, and they did have a, a description of this illness. But prior to this outbreak, they really only saw in older folks who had somehow inhaled the oil from laxatives. So um, they'd have a known mechanism for getting this vitamin E type oil in your lungs, but they had never associated it with vaping before. It was something that was extremely uncommon when people would like choke on a pill and get that in their lungs and then get very sick because of the lipids in their lungs. Interesting. And the reason why people would be diluting the marijuana oil is what? Well, uh, in Arizona, we have uh, legal medical marijuana. So you can buy a cartridge that's manufactured by someone um, with some regulatory oversight, although I don't believe they regulate what goes into those um, cartridges. But in other states, particularly it seems from media reports, New York and California, you have such a thriving black market that people will actually cook this stuff up in their home. So they'll buy a caseload of empty vape cartridges and they'll create this marijuana concentrate on their own, you know, at home in their garage or whatever. And then just, you know, it's kind of sounds like standard drug dealer protocol. They'll thin it so that they can make more money. And one of the things they thin it with is uh, this oil that you really should not be inhaling. Seems very Breaking Bad-ish. Trump wants to ban flavored e-cigarettes. Is that a way to try to discourage use among some people? Yes, and this is what a lot of people are reacting to uh, rather harshly. They're saying it's not the proper reaction to what's going on because with some of these illnesses, as Ryan mentioned, um, there are reports of use of, you know, concentrated THC or marijuana and they're saying why are you why are you banning flavored e-cigarettes um, but the overwhelming majority of underage vapors uh, vapors are um, using fruit or menthol or mint flavors kids are using these e-cigarettes as a gateway so you know they may be using the flavored e-liquids but that's not going to stop them in the future from you know putting marijuana concentrate in them the other thing is that with jewel and some of these e-liquids they've got so much nicotine in them that it's creating an addiction in developing brains and brains do continue to develop up to the age of 25 so if you're going to develop an addiction to nicotine, then that's a priming you for cigarette use. So it could just be training ground for sending these kids to big tobacco. So is this like the 2019 version of big tobacco, this vaping industry? 
it is a big, powerful industry, and big tobacco has moved in um, to Juul specifically. Altria Group, which makes Marlboro cigarettes, uh, valued Juul at $38 billion when it invested last year and now has a 35% stake in the company. Pivoting to Arizona, um, seems like we're not hearing a lot about this from our elected leaders. Heather Carter is one of the only people in Arizona who seems to be talking about this right now. Is, is that correct? Arizona State Senator Heather Carter, a Republican from Cave Creek, has been trying to pass state laws to regulate e-cigarettes. She has been talking about this way back going to 2013 when the state voted, when the legislature voted to ban the sale of e-cigarettes to minors. She actually voted against that legislation because she felt it wasn't comprehensive enough. And ever since then, she has been pushing for more specific state regulation of e-cigarettes. And uh, she's been trying to pass state laws. She tried again this year. And she did introduce legislation last session that would have increased the age for buying tobacco, include and buying tobacco, including vaping products, to 21. But that bill never even got a hearing. I talked to her on September 13th. So in this next legislative session, we will see a similar battle that we saw this year between the public health advocates, our local cities, towns counties and communities, our school districts, pushing back against the vaping and tobacco industry. And the last question is just, do you think the marijuana industry is going to be part of this conversation? I think what we're seeing is a real battle between the marijuana industry and the tobacco industry for control over the delivery mechanism, which is this vaping product. And so while there is a war going on between tobacco and marijuana for the delivery system, the real concern is making sure that we advance a public health solution to the crisis. So it feels like we usually get some kind of very public guidance from state health officials when there are public health crises, like with valley fever or the shingle vaccine or the flu being upon us. Here we have three people being reported as hospitalized due to vaping-related illnesses, and it seems as though we haven't really heard much of anything from the state. Am I imagining that? No, you're not. The CDC launched a multi-state investigation into the lung illnesses on August the 1st, and the first death to due to a vaping-related illness was reported on August 23rd in Illinois. But the Arizona Department of Health Services didn't comment or offer guidance until September 17th. That is a long time. And uh, when they sent out their press release on September 17th, they were going to talk to us, but then midday they told us to go to the Maricopa County Health Department. Uh, the state is doing something about this issue. Earlier this year, they launched a campaign called Facts Over Flavor, targeting 9- to 13-year-olds. The campaign's goal is to prevent youth from ever trying tobacco or from trying vapor products. I think it's great that they're doing this campaign, right? No one would disagree with the value of having a campaign like this, but there is also value in having some sort of information about the products and the, you know, 
things that are causing illnesses. I would think that they would want to inform the public about what to avoid specifically um, given this outbreak. I first talked to them on September 9th when I was looking into this and trying to find out whether we had cases in the state. I did find seven suspected cases just by talking to two local toxicologists, but the state health department did not um, comment that day, even though I asked them to. You know, as we said earlier, the New York Health Department has issued a warning on this. The CDC issued a warning. Utah health officials already published research on this because they had tested six patients in that state and they at least could describe exactly what the illness was, even though they can't pinpoint what everyone would like to know, you know, which exact products um, are causing it. It's just sort of surprising we've seen so little from our own state. Um, Arizona has the third largest medical marijuana program in the country. And uh, it seems to me we have a vape juice shop about every 400 yards uh, in most neighborhoods. So I would assume this problem is just as big here as other uh, places around the country. And with regard to marijuana, if that is what is making people sick, uh, there's a particular concern because in every state, including Arizona, the marijuana that is sold through medical programs or recreational programs is all grown and manufactured in the state because you can't transport it over state lines. So if there's marijuana products making Arizonans sick, that product was made here. The state attorney general's office did an Operation Counter-Strike earlier this year, and in that operation, Vape shops across the valley were essentially busted by undercover AG officials for selling to teens. But really, that seems to be the only headlines that I could find in Arizona about vaping. Yeah, those uh, counter-strike operations are actually multi-agency, and they've been doing that regularly. Um, and it actually has increased compliance of retailers. Um, they do. There is the possibility of fining them for selling to minors, but what they normally do is send them to a diversion program where they get education in the law. And uh, the AG's office has told me that that's that's actually been quite effective in uh, increasing the rate of compliance among retailers who just don't always know the law. How can parents protect their kids? What, uh, what should we tell our friends and our family who vape? Well, right now, uh, health providers and the CDC are saying don't vape right now until we find out what's causing these illnesses. So, uh, you know, I don't know how you approach a kid with that without astounding uh, to trying to be too bossy with them. But I think you can let people know the health effects. And if you let kids know that people are actually dying of this, I think that that is a pretty strong message. And the marijuana companies in Arizona, the larger ones anyways, have said the best way if for people who use that for medical reasons would be to use a regulated product sold in a dispensary that has, you know, acknowledged they don't use any of these uh, cutting agents or thickening agents. And actually, Oregon's already pulled some of those off the shelf when they couldn't get a guarantee from the manufacturer that they weren't cut with anything um, that's not supposed to be inhaled. All right, listeners, let's dive into some afterthoughts, weighing the political implications of the rise of vaping. So Juul has hired lobbyists as of January 1st of this year, 
And the vaping industry, a trade association, has also uh, has a registered lobbyist on the books, the Secretary of State's office. This signals some sort of action they're gearing up for, at least, uh, at the state capitol this next legislative session. We know about Heather Carter's bill. What are the chances that this could see some sort of success? I think with these illnesses, there is a lot more attention on this. But, you know, last session, there was a lot of uh, support for a bill that was actually supported by the vaping industry. Um, it ultimately didn't pass, but it did get a hearing and, and Heather Carter's bill didn't. So, Do we have a sense if they might try to attack this from the medical marijuana um, standpoint instead of the e-cigarette standpoint? You know, the medical marijuana industry is so controversial down at the Capitol. It just does not get a ton of attention when bills are proposed along those lines. They rarely get a hearing. Um, they did pass at the end of last session a bill to require testing, and it um, allowed people with medical cards. Those cards are now valid for two years, so it saves those folks money. But that was kind of a surprise at the end. It's just a topic that a lot of folks down at the legislature don't really want to address because they don't, I believe, don't want to appear like they're supporting or endorsing any use of marijuana. So even if you're doing something to enhance public safety around medical marijuana, they don't want to be the lawmaker that, you know, helped um, facilitate the use of a drug in their state. On Friday, September 13th, Governor Ducey finally weighed in on the whole issue of vaping, issuing a statement saying that uh, he sees this as an, a serious issue that requires action. It just kind of struck me as curious that the governor took so long to get involved on this issue. We've seen him, for example, take an issue, um, take an interest in things like marijuana or the opioids epidemic. He was clearly leading the state's efforts in combating what he viewed as uh, a health crisis on those two fronts. And in this case, as it relates to vaping, he only kind of weighed in after President Trump had and after a lot of other public policy folks had pointed out that this is sort of this unregulated area of growing concern. And he does say routinely that public safety is his number one issue. I could envision some sort of scenario in which they capitalize on this cutting of the marijuana oil as a way to kind of highlight the dangers of maybe legalizing marijuana in 2020. I think it's probably a pretty effective argument when it comes to kind of the legislating the legislating of the e-cigarettes industry. I don't know where that goes given our libertarian streak down at the state capitol. And already I see pretty powerful people with um, – deep ties to Republican lawmakers complaining on social media about Trump. There's one lobbyist who complained that Trump has, quote, joined the nanny state by banning flavored e-cigarettes. He says, I hope we will now see state and local governments legalizing flavored e-cigs for medicinal and recreational purposes and declaring themselves to be sanctuaries for flavored e-cigarettes. So we will see where this debate goes, and we will be covering your guys' coverage. Thank you so much. Where can listeners find you, Stephanie? At Stephanie Innes on Twitter. And I'm at Utility Reporter. That's it for today, Gaggle listeners. While we still have you, please don't forget to rate and review our show and share it with a friend. 
If you want to reach out to me on Twitter, I'm at Yvonne Winget. And I'm at Ronald J. Hansen, and that's H-A-N-S-E-N. Today's episode was edited and produced by Kayla White with oversight from Katie O'Connell. Thanks so much for listening to The Gaggle, a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. We will see you next week.